Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Excellent. We are more about Rugby League than Rugby League at the minute. What? We are more about Rugby League than Rugby League itself oh, at the yeah, minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like we, we're carrying the game at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Too much. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, that's another disappointing week, isn't it? Yeah. But what we haven't had for a long time is the red corner. True. And I believe you've got one. I have got one. And I think what we should do is... Get into the mood, get into the real vibe of the red corner, and I think we should put it at the top of the show because it's not even World Cup related, is it? It's not World Cup related, no. Which is, makes it even more, yeah, um, of a of a, a of a, a happening. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's kick off. Oh, are you okay? By the way, sorry, I don't I didn't ask you at the beginning. Yeah. Good. Just checking. Just you know, we normally have a bit of, you know. I'm all. Banned. I'm getting pent up now. So okay, well, just, uh, let, well, pent up no more, because it is time for this. It's time for the red corner. It is time for the red corner, and I know we've not had one for a while. Uh, but I was sent something this this week. Um, from from one of the listeners from uh, Rob Wood, um, and it's something that's uh, quite personal to me as well. Um, I'm mm-hmm. Rob, um, and it's to do with the Northwest Counties um, having to come out and make a statement about the amount of abuse that referees are getting. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I refereed for a new, you know, a number of years, as as did Rob. Mm. Um, and yeah, we got abuse and things like that, but it seems to have gotten out out of hand, doesn't it? Um, you know, in the statement, he's saying um, that coaches, spectators, players, they're getting it from from everywhere. Now, when I was doing it, you used to you didn't really hear the crowd and stuff, but you you know you got bits from the players and stuff like that, and. Which you know, and it's it never really stood for myself personally because I always believed that it, it it shouldn't be in rugby league, and you see it creeping in a bit more, don't you? But there there was a part in it um, that says that uh, I have heard sickening reports of officials being harassed after games, even going as far as to being tracked and messaged on social media by parents and or spectators. What's that about? It's absolutely scandalous. What is that? You, the, the fact that, I mean, you, you know, that you're getting it anyway, but then to have to go home and have to carry on dealing with it from from a, a, a coach or a player or a, a, just a spectator, a parent of one of the players, is absolutely ridiculous. And it's no wonder that refereeing numbers are dropping every single year. Because who would want to do it? I wouldn't want to go back into it and do it now. No chance. And you were good. I thought I did all right, yeah. I thought I was, uh, you know, I, I, I refereed at a decent level and had some good games and had a few finals and whatnot. But 
the fact that you can't go home and get away from it. This is the side of social media that I hate. You just there's no escape. What? But what sort of mentality does a parent have who's no doubt in what thirties or forties, let's say, mm. to go home after? his or her son's or daughter's match, their child's match, and then decide that it's the referee's fault for everything, and then take the time. Because that's meditated, that's premeditated. Absolutely. That's thought out. That's not like the referee gives a knock-on and an instant reaction from the crowd, like we all do at any game, is like, oh, referee, that's not a knock-on, it's gone backwards. Because oh. as soon as the referee blows his whistle, you upset half the crowd, don't you? Yeah, let's be like, whatever the whatever the, the situation, you upset half the crowd, right? But then to then go home and then think, oh, I tell you what, I'll I'll let you know even more what I thought about you today. I just don't understand. Having never done per- it themselves, no. by the way, no, never done it, never done it, never will do it, never played, never coached, never refereed, or sometimes the parents that have played are the ones that are worse. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Um, when I when when I used to do it, they used to have to have a touchline manager. Now it was usually a coach or assistant coach or whatever. I don't know if that's still in play. They used to have a bib, didn't they? Yeah, they used to have like it was a touchline. They had a, a an ID card and everything. Yeah. Although some of them were worse. <laughs> yeah, true. At one or two places, but the what's happened to that? Surely somebody on the touchline has to be responsible for that because without the referee, we don't have a game. No. You would think the coaches would be responsible for their own spectators, if you like, as well, wouldn't you? But I just can't wrap my head around somebody going home and trying to find this person to, to carry on giving him stick. It's absolutely scandalous. That's one of those things that should be cracked down on by law immediately. Yeah. The, the RFL should take that straight away and do something with that. If not from the from a police or an authority, but certainly from a rugby league point of view, yeah. And those people should then just be like just just banned from attending games or whatever, because there's no excuse for that whatsoever. I, I totally with you on it. No, they'd be the first complaining if it was their child being abused. Oh, you knocked on again! What a little idiot! You can't say that about my son. Yeah. Well, well, you've been saying it about mine, and he's the referee all game. Yeah. You know, so... They'd be the first to complain, but something drastic needs to be done because we won't have an amateur game otherwise because nobody will want to do it, nobody will want to stand in the middle. And it's something that needs to change very, very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a boom of a start, wasn't it? Well, it's just something that that I agree with was you. Quite personal as well, but even if it wasn't, I think you know it's outrageous anyway. But just you know, hit home a little bit. So I, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, should we move on to? Uh, I was going to say lighter things, but it's, it's the NRL. It's not, I suppose, really lighter at the minute because because they're as bad as parents at the minute. Mm. They think they rule everything, but we'll come on to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, we have got, uh, you know, it's a serious one when we've got Gray on as a guest, don't you? Yes. 
We only get Graham when it's like something really serious, don't we? Our rugby league lobbyist. Yeah, so Gray will be joining us for uh, the Rugby League World Cup chat, which will take on the second half of the of the pod tonight. We're going to get all the regulars um, done and dusted, and then we've got the rest of the pod then for the uh, for the uh, Rugby League World Cup, haven't we? Yeah. That's the way that we're looking to do it tonight. So, um, should we go with the NRL then? Let's okay. Let's uh, uh, let's let's start off, and we're going to try and uh, not whiz through things, but we're going to try and give as much time as we can to the Rugby League World Cup tonight, aren't we? So uh, it's it's a bit of a diluted um, review on things tonight, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Roosters twenty-eight, night eight. Do you know? I'll admit, I haven't seen the highlights of this, and I haven't got anything on it. I must admit. No, I don't think I've got too much. I don't think uh, there was a bit in the, the start of the match, well, prior to the match, I should say, where Ponga went off and they didn't think he was going to play at one point because he ran off during the warm-up, but I think he just needed a poo or something. So <laughs> come back out. Um, and, and No poo, no Ponga? Well, yeah. <laughs> he just... Um, didn't really make much of a difference, I don't think, did he? Maybe he couldn't go. Maybe maybe he was bunged up. Maybe. Maybe. Right, I didn't expect that, I'll be honest. Well, I'm just... Thanks. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, another 80-point game. We would mention this in the stats a few weeks ago, didn't we? That there'd only been uh, a few... And three... About <laughs> uh, like 20, was it, or something? And three of them had been this season. We've got another one now with the Rabito 60... Uh, the Warriors, 22. Yeah. Um, Warriors actually went ahead first. I think it was... Um, uh, I forget his name now, but he, he pounced on a loose pass from uh, Cody Walker. Um, and that's pretty much as good as it got for them because the Rabbitohs then just were rampant and ran away with it. I think George Bird just got a couple of tries, didn't he? And... Uh, sorry, Tom Burgess, sorry, we've got a couple of tries. Um, what Walker, all the rabbit holes tries seem to be under the post. Yeah, they just seem to crash over, didn't they? Didn't even Latrell Mitchell yeah. crashed over. Well, Walker scored one that was a lovely step. Yeah, yeah. To, to go to go right under the H's. That's right, yeah. Um, Josh Mansour picked up a couple, but the Warriors, I mean, you said it the other week that the Warriors bug you, don't they, because they're rubbish. Um, they've won the uh, award this week for the uh, wet paper towel defence. I think they've got it, haven't they, really? Yeah, um, and Alex Johnson was missing as well. Well, I don't yeah. know how many he tries he would have got in this game. He certainly would have got his two, wouldn't he? Well, Josh Mansour replaced him and he got two. So there you go. He was on so his definitely. Um What made me laugh? There was a couple of things that made me laugh. Because um, we're okay to we're okay to have a go at the NRL tonight at any point, aren't we? Really? Yeah, just feel free. Feel free. Feel free. They used to laugh at our defence. Yeah. Yeah. People in the NRL used to laugh at our defence in Super League, and I look at some of these scores week in, week out, and they used to laugh at Super League defence. Yeah. Now, now it's like. At the minute, in a lot in a lot of games in the NRL, it seems to be like, well, defence is optional. I think this is the closest round they've had for quite a while, really. There's one game by two, one by four, one by six. That's that's it. That's the that's it actually. And when you look at the fixtures, 
you look at it this week, and we said, didn't we, about um, it looks like it could be another blowout round. We did say that last week, and mm. it, it there was really, there was, well, the, the Cowboys 16, the Storm 20. I thought that was going to be one of these massive blowout games. Can I, think, can I just play the other thing that made me laugh before we move on? Oh, yeah. about the, there was one more thing about the, the Rabbit Oz Warriors game. Uh, Nathan Brown, Warriors coach, said um, he admitted that their hopes of the top eight were over after that <laughs> defeat. <laughs> after that one? Yep. Oh, right. He just made me giggle because I'm thinking, I told you that ten rounds ago, mate. Yeah. <laughs> just just made me laugh. <laughs> sorry, go on. You, you'd moved on to which game, sorry? Cowboys 16, the Storm 20. And that was one that I thought was going to be, a, a, a you know, another blow, add to the blowout. Um, and I, I, I was having a look. I was having a, uh, um, a look for betting. And the, the Cowboys actually had... I think just prior to kick off, I think they had a thirty-two point start, mm. which is just I've never ever seen before. Oh, that's right in in any game, really. A, a, you know, a, a top flight league. Yeah, I must admit, this game I thought was the best game of the round, mm. and it absolutely fascinated me for the whole game because there was so much happened in this game that I was like, couldn't quite get my head around some of it. And it wasn't just one decision, it was quite a few. And I really struggled to get my head around some of the decisions and stuff mm. on it. And it was really, uh, it, it was fascinating to me. So, I mean, they started off when, um, I think it was uh, uh, Kyle Felt took um, a high kick and was pulled back in the air by the Fox and then tried to reach out over the line and let go of the ball over the line, couldn't quite get down because he's being taken out in the air and still being taken out in the air by the winger, by Josh Adokar, and couldn't put the ball down because he's then been dragged back. Why is that not a penalty try? I don't know. You, it look... That's as clear a penalty try as I've ever seen. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, especially you, you, I've seen quite a few over there where they they put a grubber through and somebody gets taken out and they're about ten yards from the ball and they go, yeah, he would have got there as a penalty try. He's but at, that one isn't. He's, he's got he's got there. Yeah, he's got the ball and he's literally reaching out on the line. Yeah, and he's pulled back while he's still pulled back because he's he's got it in the air. Yeah, no, I. I Completely so agree. I couldn't get that. Then there was two decisions that one for each team, which were absolutely crackers, where they were saying he took the ball on the inside and gained an advantage. And on both tries, nobody's been interfered with whatever in, in from the de- from defence. Nobody's been obstructed whatsoever. No. Um, Josh Adokar got his hun- uh, his hundredth try. Yes, yes, he did. He yeah. did so uh, brilliant. Um, and then there was another try. I can't. Do you know what? I can't. Which team it was for? I think I, I. I've got a feeling it might have been for the Cowboys actually, where he was held up for about twenty seconds. Yeah. And then popped the ball down. I'm like, surely he's held up. Yeah. How long? How long do you need to hold somebody up for? <laughs> That's been a, a an issue with with me for for quite a while now. It, it seems to have, have crept in somewhere, doesn't it? And it, it's like 
they give them as much time as they possibly need to get the ball down. It's like, well, surely he's held up by now, but it never really seems... There needs to be sort of a definitive... Time yeah. or action or yeah. whatever. And then, I'm not sure if we disagreed on this because we actually saw this together, didn't we? The last try before the... the um, uh, for the Cowboys when they were trying to... Was it the Cowboys? Was this the game where he, where he... No, it wasn't that one. Sorry, forget that. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, sorry, the last try for the Cowboys was the forward pass. Yeah. Which was... Um, what's the, what's the word for, like, really forward? <laughs> A mile. A mile, for literally. <laughs> it was about... Seven yards forward. Yeah. Some crazy, de- like you say, some crazy decisions in that game. It, it made for the game, but yeah. it was not in a good way, if you like, if yeah. that makes sense. So, anyway. But that was the game of the round. Um, sea Eagles, who must admit when, they, when they're on fire, are a joy to watch, aren't they? Sea Eagles 44, Tigers 24. Um Close until half-time, and then Daily Cherry Evans scored a try, which changed the momentum of the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> making your, me laugh. Your mate. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, he, he ran the game, then the second half. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, I'd have done it better, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, like, to be fair, had a good game. He just... It, it, it's not so much... What he does for Manly, it's what he does at representative levels and stuff that bugs me. Like, because he never really seems to do anything for me. Yeah, it's like, how have you got there? Yeah, uh, but he changed the game and then ran it in the second half. But um, they're really good to watch, aren't they? When they're on fire. Yeah, really good, really enjoyable. You, you know, Trevojevic, um, Cherry Evers, Foran, Saab, um, Hank Scorpio. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, 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 they play well. They're they're really good to watch. They've you know had a massive turnaround, haven't they? Yeah. Um, these last six seven weeks, one game that I thought was going to be similar, which didn't turn out to be, was the Panthers eighteen, the Broncos twelve. Yeah, they seem to really really miss Nathan Cleary, don't they? Absolutely. And obviously, any team would miss him, but to it, it affect them as much yeah. as as the Sea Eagles when they yeah. when they were missing Turbo Tom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I tell you what was good: the uh, Dylan Edwards two point drop goal. So his first drop goal of his career, it said. Yeah, and he absolutely hammered it. It was great play, though. You know, they booted it to touch, didn't they? And then um, tapped it and and give it straight back to him. And eighteen nil. Then became eighteen twelve with seven minutes to go and a nervy ending. Then it was a very nervy ending uh, for the Panthers. Um, it would seem to be. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they were so good. You can't stay that good forever, can't you? But the 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 storm seemed to be doing it. Although again, the, this week they they had a bit of a rocky week, didn't they? They did. I've just got two questions for you, though, on the Panthers and Broncos, if that's okay. One, there was a high tackle, which went to the bin. Yeah. But that seems to have died down a lot now. I thought that when I saw that. I was like, oh, I've not seen one of them for a while. Hmm. Um, 
Which which made me think about it. And to it. be fair, it 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 was a simbin and like that mm. one is sort of like what it was there to do. So have the players learned a bit then? It looks like it. Possibly. Um I mean I don't watch every second of every game. I don't know whether it's a case of the players learning or the referees being more lenient and are they just putting a lot more on report. Mm. Um I'm not so sure, but maybe maybe the players have learned. Um and they're the more qu- wary of it anyway. Definitely, because there was one in. I only saw one other in another game yeah. this week. Um, and the other question was about the Broncos. The best they seem to have played this year, and it's talking about halves. When you mentioned Cleary, was when they had Albert Kelly in in the in the halves. Yeah, and then I haven't seen him since. No, they. I went, was usually injured, but I think Brody Croft come back in, didn't he? And yeah, that uh, was the they best had, they'd played. They had, uh, Croft and uh, Gamble. <laughs> yeah, in the halves. Yeah. Sorry, which had you moved on to then? Uh, I hadn't. I was just going back to the storm, but we can move on to another twenty-four forty-four scoreline. Uh, Bulldogs twenty-four, Cronulla forty-four. Yeah, Sharks must be disappointed not to get fifty against the Bulldogs, like everybody else seems to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I suppose forty-four is not not bad. Um, I thought. The Sharks were, in fact, both teams, I thought, in this game was like really free-flowing. It was a bit like touch rugby. Yeah. Luke Thompson had an absolute stormer. He had a great line break and um, ended up assisting the try, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, But I saw things online by one or two people um, saying that he's now the best Englishman in the comp. Right. Which um, I don't think he had the best of starts. No, he didn't. But it can't be easy going into a team. That was getting hammered like that every week. At no. least, you know, this year's had a full preseason, but yeah, expected win for the Sharks. I think really won it. There was there was a great try in it by the winger. Is it is it um, uh, Katawa? Katoa. Katoa. That's it for the winger. Uh, yeah. For the winger, because the ball was really low and he picked it up and he did some sort of like sort of like football sort of steps to stay in touch. Mm. Really short steps. And then dived over in a really aerial, tra- brilliant finish. Yeah, it wasn't no, just the finish like like a winger's finish that you see a lot of the time, but the the little steps he got with there was 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 brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, uh, Dragons ten, Titans thirty two. Well, Titans lost last week, so they win this week and get beat next week. Yeah, and the Dragons started off in the eight and are now no more in the eight. No, I was surprised that they were still there. To be honest. Yeah. Um, but pretty comfortable for the Titans in the end. Um, and finally, really decent game, uh, the Eels and the Raiders. Yeah. 12-10 uh, for the Raiders. Yeah, this was the one that we disagreed on. That's it was a right. try saver by it was nil. It was nil-nil at half time. Yeah. And then Josh Hodgson put a massive hit on, on Sevo, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then Blake Ferguson... Had a really good try when he he kicked it forward, um, which is great. And then it got it got to twelve it got to twelve ten, and Sivo was going in in the corner, which is the incident that you were talking about, isn't it? Yeah, um, and Rappiner came across Dinny and and stopped him, but sort of really turned his body and used his hips to. He almost went into him backwards, didn't Something he? With his ass, yeah, yeah, to to stop him scoring, and he said that that was okay. So what's a tackle? I thought you had to use your arms or have an attempt to use your arms to wrap your arms around somebody. 
Well, my issue, my thing was that he's not you a know, shoulder charge, no, but he but, hasn't used his arms. No, but he's not hit him high or anything. Mm. I stopped a penalty. I just thought he did well to stop it. Mm. That's what I took away from that. Okay, we'll disagree on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll have to. <laughs> okay, um, I just one final question, uh, and I want you to have a think of this for next week. Which teams in the NRL are going to grab seventh and eighth? Okay. So I'll have a think. If you don't want an answer now, you can have a think about that for next week. Fine. Okay. I will. Okay. Because the top six are clear. Yeah. And then it's just which teams you think are going to go seven and eight. And extend their season by one more week. The, uh, what do we call it? The, the Wakefield effect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, excellent. So, uh, bits of news this week. Um, Theo Farge looks like he could have played his last game for St. Helens as, as, as it emerged that he broke his shoulder in the Challenge Cup final. Yeah, apparently he broke it in the sixth minute and then went on to score and play the you know the rest of the first half. So some going really. Yeah, when he Cooper cronked it, yeah, he did. Um, but he's out, been ruled out for the rest of the season. And if the rumours are correct, he's on his way to Huddersfield. Then it looks like he's played. Uh, his last game uh, for Saints. Yeah, and um, I think that's the case. There was one or two players on Instagram putting posts and things like that about it. They were quickly deleted about how they were going to miss him. And Oh, really? Yeah. But, yeah, so it looks like he is on his way out of St. Helens. Okay. couple of Leeds bits. Um. Kevin Sinfield leaving earlier than expected after this week's game, uh, rather than the end of the season, um, makes you wonder whether Leeds have perhaps made headway uh, in their search for a new head coach and his job's done, so to speak. Possibly. Um, Possibly. But he's been a, obviously been a tremendous servant to the Rhinos, but um, good luck to Kevin because he, he's leaving this week after... Um, 27 years is that what it was was, yeah I can't remember what it was I was going to say 57 (laughs) feels like 57 yeah so um, so, but well done to him and again some of the stuff that he's done for uh, uh, MND and for Rob Burrow's uh, cause yeah absolutely uh, has been fantastic heroic yeah so uh, yeah he's leaving this week and then also um, a bit of a it's not really comical I suppose but Luke Gale being stripped of the uh, captaincy uh, for going against uh, brand, club branding issues. What does that even mean? Well, apparently, and it's even on the BBC website. No, don't. That Go he got a mortgage with somebody else that wasn't the Leeds Building Society. It's even on BBC. It's not on BBC. It is. It's not. It is. And I'll tell you how I know, because Bullock Shed yeah. made it up. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, well done, so Bullock even Shed. You've been reeled into that. Well, I quite like that. Though. I like the thought of it because I even made some more notes because I was thinking things like James Roby, what a new TV! <laughs> Don't go to Curry's. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get down to cash converters, right? <laughs> um, Chris Hill wants a wants a new vacuum cleaner. Dice? Oh no, no, it's got to be a Hoover. <laughs> so, and it and it went on. So I've been that. Well, um, you wasted your time then. I did. I did, you know, if you're from Wakefield um, and uh, you want a Dell computer, don't bother, it's got to be Asus. And then, uh, Paul McShane. Um, uh, now, Castleford is sponsored by CRB Engineering, which apparently 
do lots of things for food mechanism machines and things like that. Didn't have a clue what that meant. Um, the only thing I could think of was in The Simpsons and Mr. Burns's um, uh, Little Lisa Slurry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a clue what what you know what they would buy with that. Paul McShane Slurry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and they were good jokes, yeah. Would, they, you know. Yeah. Just offbeat, Alison. Perhaps if you can tell us, we might have a. <laughs> you might have a better clue than we do. I've no no idea. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, the only other bits of news I've got then this week is um, James Roberts um, in uh, self isolation, quarantine. Sorry, not self isolation. Um, uh, stepping out on the balcony to get a bit of fresh air, and he's in trouble for it. How does that? How does that like affect the quarantine? I don't know. Apparently, it's a, a Queensland government rule that they're not allowed to stand on balconies. All the all the windows and doors are duct tape up. Really, it showed showed pictures of the, the thing. So he's took the duct tape off and just gone out on the balcony. Good. I would have done. You can't. What's <laughs> him standing on the balcony going to do? I don't I don't know what he's passing on there. We were told to open windows, weren't we? When we were in lockdown and things, or in offices, or... Yeah, because it blew the part. it blew it out, yeah. yeah. I'm sure standing on the balcony is not going to do much harm. When he's in the room on his own. Unless he's gozzing on people. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, seems like something he, could, he, he would could do. do. Pouring yeah. his beer on them after he's like had it around his mouth yeah. or something, yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Well, maybe that's just his rule. Maybe it's a general rule. <laughs> No, Jimmy the Jet. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Um, and then an interesting one, I thought, was that uh, some of the England cricket players have expressed concern uh, about travelling to Australia for the Ashes series for cricket. Good. Wonder how that will go go down in Australia. I don't know, but maybe we should do it and see what their reaction is. Exactly, that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. And my last one. Last bit of news was something that was written just before we came on air, which was absolutely fantastic. There's been, you know, the Olympics are on at the minute, and they've got, I know it's Rugby Union, but they've got Rugby Sevens in, haven't they? Yeah. Or whatever. Anyway, there was an American guy who's, who's caused an absolute stir on Twitter because he suggested that the NFL should just put an all-star team out and go and dominate rugby. Yeah. I, I'm not... <laughs> I saw that, and I actually watched some of that Sevens this morning, actually, which I'd never done in my life, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Right. Because it's more rugby league-esque. There's a lot of throwing the ball about and yeah. no kicking and things like but, that. But he said the NFL would just dominate it. Yeah, I'm not convinced by that. they turn up in helmets and stuff, wouldn't they? And then go off when the other team scores yeah. and break somebody else. Yeah. But it went a step further than that as well, which then suggested that uh, they should just get an all-star uh, Major League Baseball team to dominate world cricket. Is that what he said? That? Yeah, same guy. <laughs> he ain't got a clue. Hasn't got a clue. <laughs> I know. I know it's off topic, but it just made me. It just made me giggle. That's annoyed me. I knew it would do. That's why I brought it on now. Bloody Americans! Oh dearie me! So. That's really bugged me. It's not even... Anyway, it's not even the same sort of game. But anyway. Anyway, stat me up. (laughs) 
It's Bobby Stats of the Week. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Told you was good. Well, two two weeks on the trot is on. Yeah. Well, Bobby, all right. Yeah, not bad. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, good. Well, it looks like um, this could become a more permanent thing, unfortunately. Well, unless he messes up tonight. Yeah, true. You're on a week-to-week trial. Just a weekly rolling contract. What when you guys mess up? Well, Andy does, and... Uh, it's part of the show. He got, <laughs> he got sacked for two <laughs> yeah, weeks. I did. General, general cock-ups people seem to like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Right, Bobby, hit me with your first stat. Okay. Uh, the Melbourne Storm have now won 26 consecutive games in Queensland. Okay. Is that because they've been in a bubble? Uh, or do you I'm mean not... just every time uh, they've been to Queensland, sorry? Yeah, every time they've been to Queensland. All oh, right, I'm with you, I'm with you. So yeah. Pretty good on the road then. Yeah. Excellent. Uh. There have uh, second stat is there have been 144 NRL games this season so far. Right. Of those 144 games, 67 of them have seen at least one team fail to score in at least one half. Mm. Mm. It's nearly half. Yeah. That's interesting. We were just saying how they laugh at us for certain things like that and well now who's laughing (laughs) (laughs) okay uh excellent stat three uh right you're gonna have to uh apologize if i I say this name wrong but um it's hard to say this one uh so dalin watney selesniak hasn't won a single game all season he started the season with the Canterbury Bulldogs, who did win two games whilst he was at the club, but he didn't feature in either win. He then moved to the New Zealand Warriors in round 16, where, where they have not won a game since his arrival. I think they call him Jinxie. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Bobby, do you, that, do you remember when that happened to you when you played junior rugby, but you never moved teams? Oh, when I play for uh, when I play for Scorpion. Yeah, yeah. You had, a, you had a bit of a chant every week. I got I had a bit of a sulk in the car when you could sing the chant. Yeah. Anyway, you won't go into the chant. It's not it's not for on air. No. <laughs> it just started off with we don't win at home, we don't win away. We didn't win last week, and we won't win today. <laughs> and start four. Uh, start number four. Um. If Australia do not compete in the 2021 Rugby League World Cup, it will be the first time that they have failed to make the final of the World Cup tournament since 1954. The tournament didn't have a final in 57 or 60, so they couldn't make that one. And they have been ever present in a World Cup final since 1968, losing just two finals. Okay. Uh, just a small, very small one to go alongside that as well, is they will also fail to have the chance to have the top try scorer award 
a record which they have had since 1957, 1954 being the only World Cup they've not had the top try scorer in. Mm. Well, I saw one of those finals they lost live in 2008 against the Kiwis. Yes, you did, didn't you? I did, at the Suncorp. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, thank you, Bobby. Uh, no worries. Interesting ones there and uh, a wide range of topics. They yeah. were indeed. So, is that what you say now? Stat me down or something? You had uh, to stat me up, so was it? I'm stat full. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Bobby. Because that Thanks, wa- guys. Have a good show. And thank, thank you because that was. So let's move on to Super League. Um, There's only, um, uh, I think we've only got uh, four games. We have Saints Hill Car postponed, Lee Warrington postponed, Catalan Castleford postponed. But credit to Hull KR, flew out to Catalan uh, at the very last minute and gave Catalan a rather good game. Um, you see the end of it. Was, well, they were winning thirty yeah. points to eighteen. Yeah, they were. They were, they and then thirty lead. all. And I'm not sure about that last penalty. No, it was like a two on one, and then there was a bit of a. I think he dropped off by the time he'd got the ball, and I thought it was unlucky to get to give it to to get a penalty. Yeah, no, I thought that too. It was a Did, bit of a. There's been a few dubious decisions, I think, this week across the. The board. You see, that, you see that Sam Cassiano one where he went through and they blew up and then he handed somebody off as he ran through after <laughs> yeah, the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Absolutely hilarious. We joke about stuff like that, but it was really funny to actually see it happen. He put him on the floor as well, didn't he? Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, Hull KR. And with the, you know, when they've signed Lachlan Coote for next year and a couple of the rumours that they've got. Yeah, you know, I think that's great that that we've got somebody else that's banging on the door to, to to, to you know to to shift, uh, really make a move in you know to get in the top four or whatever it may be. Yeah, no, it's you know, and and every credit for them to fly out there last minute. Yep. Um, but yeah, I gave them a real good game, thirty-two ten. Um, another team that impressed me this week, Huddersfield, putting forty past Hull FC, winning forty points to twenty-six. Uh, Will Price bagging himself another try, and it was a real good little solo effort as well. Dummy and Step and 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 managed to to get in the corner. It was a a, a real good try. Um, yeah, he's he's getting some really good reviews, and I hope we don't go overboard just because of his surname, uh, not for his sake. I just mean for his sake. Yeah, not like oh, is he that good because he's called Price and who his dad is. But more not putting that pressure on him, if you like. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he said he's loving every minute of it and stuff. And um, but also in that game, uh, Jermaine McGilvery got himself four tries. Yep. Yep. Still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. So well done, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ian Watson after the game had a go at Andre Savelio, saying that he was picking on his young lads. Andre the Giant. Yeah, said he was picking on the young lads and it wasn't on. Um, and had a bit of a dig of him there. Um, but all FC were were very poor overall on the night, weren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
another another team that that was poor again, um, and it seems to be catching up with them again. Uh, Wigan twenty five, Wakefield twelve, and again people calling for the head of Chris Chester. Mm. Yeah, um, twenty five twelve, and and I think that scoreline flattered Wakefield somewhat. Um, yeah. Great try, I thought. There was one of the try. I think it was Liam Marshall. Um, and it was a simple try, but really, really quick hands right across the line. Yeah. And I thought, actually, you probably, as a team, Wigan don't do that enough from their point of view. No, um, you know, and I don't, they, have, they haven't done over the last few weeks, have they, anyway? What must be worrying, though, for Wigan, uh, was the attendance. Yeah. 5,555. Sounds like a tax dodge, that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One bit first time they've done it. <laughs> Yeah. I'm in about that. No, yeah, very worrying. Is it you know? Is it just COVID putting people off? Or just are people not willing to, to to go till it's over? Or is there a more serious issue there? I just hope people aren't getting out of the habit of going to games. Full stop. You know. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, but um. Yeah, like you say, I just hope that 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 people don't because just everything seems to be a bit of a downer at the minute, doesn't it? Mm. So, and usually one of the the, the best supported teams getting numbers like that, it, it doesn't. It always looks worse when it's in a big ground as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but another team that has struggled for fans in the past and um, has struggled to get wins, Salford going down thirty eight points to sixteen to Leeds. Yeah. Um, com- comfortable for the um, comfortable for Leeds, really. Um, there was um, there was a there was a, there was a couple of incidents. Uh, there was a couple of yellow cards that were just nonsense. Yellow cards, really. I thought. Yeah. There was one that was Salford came in and did a, a tip tackle that mm. got a penalty, which there was no action taken, and he came in as th- whoever it was came in as third man and, and tipped him up. Um. And then, um, and then, then there was another one right at the very end. Yeah, but they were just needless. They were just pointless yellow, yellow cards. It was a bit like it was like that when they played through the week. No, do you remember Lee Mossop dropped Conrad Urrell? Yeah, and it, it kicked off there. But that even <laughs> that game was niggly. Well, Salford Simbin was some ridiculous one, and I think I think it was um, Cameron Smith for Leeds mm. who stood there and waved at him. For about ten seconds, he was going up. Did you see that? Yeah, he stood there and waved at him. I <laughs> uh, thought it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, so there's not much action in Super League at the minute, which is a bit worrying. I think it is very I mean, worrying. We've got some games this week where uh, good game in prospect: uh, Warrington and Wigan. Yep. Uh, Catlon and Wakefield. Yep. Uh, Hull FC and Leeds. Um, Salford and Hull KR is off this week, as is Saints and Huddersfield before we next pod. As is Lee and Cass. As is Lee and Cass, as is Wakefield and Salford. Mm. I've lost track of where we're up to with some of the fixtures. I know that sounds like, obviously, it is a lot of games, but uh, there, you know, there's like two rounds here, isn't there? Um, I think, and I think it was Salford and Hull KR, the. Lee and Huddersfield showed no interest in 
plain old car. In plain old car. Yeah, which is disappointing, really. One of them Especially couldn't, when no. they've made that well, sacrifice last week. Well, one of them, I think it's... Uh, who do we say? Huddersfield and... Who's the other one? Is it Lee? Yeah. I think that's on the television next week and they couldn't actually put it back. Right. I think that's what that one was. Right. Huddersfield, I, I'm not so sure. No. Um, And then we've got Wigan and Lee and Leeds and Warrington, if I've read that, those right. Yeah. And then on Monday, Castleford and Huddersfield, uh, Hull FC and Saints, and Hull KR and Catalan. Mm. Two uh, two good-looking games there, Hull FC, Saints, Hull KR and Catalan, in a, if, if it's anything like the, the one last week. Yeah. Um, and I think at the minute, with the fixtures, we just need to see where we're... Uh, where we go with things, I think, at the minute. Yeah, just stop testing players and get the games played. That's yeah. what I say, anyway. Well, we seem to be the only sport at the moment that's having these problems, don't we? Yeah, exactly. So, right, well, it's time for our feature of the week, I think, isn't it? It is. Yes, because, um, like we said before, you know it's a serious one uh, when we are joined on the line by Gray. Gray, welcome. Thank you for having me on. Hi. No, it's getting regular, isn't it, this? It is. You're, you're our go-to serious guy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, there's something that, if there's something in the world of rugby league that really needs um, um, some uh, um, less, than, less than frivolous thought that we have, then we just, we just get you on, don't we? So, which is no doubt what this one is about, and we want to spend the, uh, the last half hour or so of the pod on the Rugby League World Cup uh, and in particular, obviously, the, the the headline news is the um, the withdrawal of the kangaroos and the kiwis. Um, great. When we were when we were talking about this last night, you you had some before we get on to that. You had some interesting memories and thoughts, didn't you, around around some of the kangaroo stuff in in previous years? I was looking. I was looking back at just when we were younger and stuff and um i was trying to be a little bit more kind of nuanced about how everyone's getting really worked up about the rugby league world cup and you know is this the death of the rugby league world cup is the rugby league world cup going to be diluted and i was looking back thinking when i was a kid the ashes tours were more important to me than the rugby league world cup and i think you know in cricket you could you could argue that you know england more than anything else want to win an ashes tour more than they want to win a world cup and when i was when I was young, you know, when the Australians were here for two or three months, you know, they were they were massive events. I, I looked forward to them far more than the Rugby League World Cup. So, you know, I, I I just looked at it in a way and thought, you know, the international game can't just be the Rugby League World Cup. It needs to have more. It needs to have more than just this thing that we try and do every four or five years. So I was trying to look at the positives of it. And if if the if the Aussies don't want to play the World Cup and if the World Cup goes ahead and it's diluted. You know, it's not the end of the world for International Rugby League if we, you know, if we fill the gaps in with other things that historically actually meant more. Yeah, I mean, I, I like you, have been to some of those in, you know, I'd say like mid eighties, early nineties, things like that. You know, full houses at Old Trafford and things like that, and they were they were at Wembley as well, and they were they were spectacular occasions. But um, yeah. You're right, and I, and I know on the World Cup there'll be a there'll be an announcement this week. And Callum, do you, will it go ahead? Um, I hope so. Um, 
I think any other year, I would maybe delay it a year. Um, but I just think with the the FIFA World Cup, the Football World Cup happening next year and it happening around a similar time, I just don't think it would do us any good. So I think I think it has to go ahead this year. Um, and if it's without them, then so be it for me. I'd, yeah. I'd agree with that, yeah. What what do you make? I mean, the, the big talking point, I suppose there's, there's two ways of looking at this and whether it's two separate issues, I'm not sure. Um, great, it's been mentioned that if they don't come, um, and let's assume they're not, and I think there's, there's still a chance for them to change their mind, I would think. But, I think so. Yeah, um, and it might be that, that player pressure... Uh, might might have an effect on that, but let's assume for the moment that they're not going to come. There's two, I, I think, two separate debates on this. Number one is whether or not that then makes other teams a lot stronger because a lot of the uh, a lot of the Australians, and particularly the Kiwis, have got different heritage, and therefore the Pacific Island teams will really increase in in their ability. Um, or it's been touted around that the there's going to be perhaps an indigenous Australian team and a New Zealand Maoris team. Great thought, thoughts on those issues? Um, well, you, I don't really know what the rules are because the NRL seems to have the power to say that the Australian and the New Zealand team can't play or won't play. But what actually happens to a Tongan or a Fijian that plays in the NRL? Uh, do, do those do those rules apply to them as well? Because they're going to be in the same position. So it's almost like they've 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 made the decision for the two national sides that they can. But they're almost saying to everybody else, if you play for an NRL club, we don't want you going either. But they can't stop them. So in that way, you're right. You could actually have a you know an unofficial Australian team. Because they're not actually really stopping the players going. They're just trying to stop what they can stop. If the players want to come back and you know play and then do the isolation and stuff, and the Tongans are allowed to play and the Fijians are allowed to play and the Samoans are allowed to play, then there's nothing stopping a group of Australians playing unofficially. Mm. Um, so I don't really know the rules. I don't really know what... It's not even the NRL, is it? It's the Australian... Rugby football, even yeah, they call yeah, themselves, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know what the rules are because they're they're almost they're almost telling players in the NRL <laughs> we don't want you to go, but they don't have the jurisdiction to tell the Tongan Rugby League or the Fijian Rugby League that you can't play in this tournament. So I don't really know how it works in terms of what players can. And you know, if if you're a if you're a Tongan Rugby League player, you're you're going to want to play for Tonga in the World Cup. That's going to be a massive thing to you, but. Chances are you probably don't have as much money. Pro- chances are you've probably got family to support back at home. And if you play for an NRL club and that kind of that pressure is being put on you, what do you do? Mm. Well, Jason Tamalola was really, really vocal today in his pride of playing for for Tonga, and that they should lead the way. And he's desperate. He's desperate to play, which is exactly the point that that you're making. Callum, where where do you stand on the? Indigenous teams and the um, the Maori teams. Uh, my initial thought was, "Oh, that would be good," um, and 
or I, I and then I thought about it a bit and I thought mm, I don't really like the idea of the, indig- the indigenous one but I still thought, sort of felt okay with the Maori one um, and I think it was just because the Maori team have done tours over here and stuff mm. in it but yeah, I they think have in the past yeah and I was like oh what the the indigenous it's not like an all star game but I think when I thought about it more when you boil it down it, it's it, the same thing really so I, I ended up thinking oh that'd be good. <laughs> Give it some thought and thought, no, because it's the World Cup. They're not a country, and it's not some sort of like all star no, team. I think they, they either come over properly or they don't come over. Yeah. That that would be my argument. And uh, to, just to answer the question that you didn't ask me before, but I was kind of chipping in saying I agreed. I I think the tournament should go ahead, and I think it will go ahead because I think if you look at it, the the, the reputational damage of going ahead with Australia, New Zealand is, you know, it, it's there, but the financial damage of not doing it and thinking that you might then do it next year, I, I think the financial reasons will outweigh the <clears throat> the reputational reasons for doing it. And, and you know, and in terms of people who aren't Rugby League fans, I mean, the Rugby League World Cup, you know, it doesn't have a massive reputation to begin with. So I, I'd go for it. I would, I would see how it goes. And if the Aussies and the Kiwis don't want to play or are being told they can't play, I'd do it without them. It's not ideal. It's not great. But I, th- I think the, the the financial damage that it could do to rugby league in this country from not having it and hoping that, you know, we'll have it on the never-never. So I don't think it would happen next year either. And if it did, nobody would pay any attention to it either. So no, I think we've got to go for it. Well, we didn't have a World Cup between 2000 and 2008. There's financial difficulties and nobody wanting to host it and the 2000 event being a complete disaster financially. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the other thing is, well, it's not just the... We're talking about the Australians and the, the Kiwi teams, but it has, if the tournament doesn't go ahead, that would have a massive effect on the Women's World Cup and the Wheelchair World Cup as the, as the three that are in, uh, in, in tandem, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think, talk about, you know, it was what was looking like a real... Promising World Cup, you know, we were talking um, a few weeks back, weren't we, about um, the kazoo deal um, yeah. with the World Cup and it being the biggest one and mm. television rides and things like that. And it was all looking really, really promising. And then all of a sudden it's gone from that to, oh, we might not have one. It's like, mm. We've got to have one. I feel really strongly about the issue we just said that you two have said to which around, I, I think... As Gray said, they either come over or they don't. Yeah, I don't think that we should have substitute or rebel teams or anything like, like an this. Invitational thing like Tonga. <laughs> you, you could, I, yeah, that was, and I think different because they were probably classed as a second tier nation or mm. whatever at the time. But this is, I think, this is different. Mm. And I think the mem, I think there should be international rugby league board members, the countries that that come. Yeah, not not. This is a World Cup. It's not some exhibition. This is this is a this is a World Cup, and I and I do feel really strongly about that. So we so if we look on, I mean, you look at the <coughs> statement that was that was there, apparently the um, uh, the the bodies, the ARL, um, gave four minutes notice, didn't they, to the World Cup organisers? Apparently, that's just so. I mean, I mean, what's the only thing that that concerns me, Gray? I think is that. Um, at the moment, the the statements that have been brought out by uh, by the World Cup have seemed a little bit downbeat. I think over the last over the last week since since the announcement was made, 
particularly the last one round uh, concerning about well we'll continue to make the best decision and etc. There's there's not there's not a lot of positivity in in their statements. I don't think. Well, the initial thought process of everybody in any kind of power in rugby league in England or in the Northern Hemisphere is basically, what do the Australians do? How can we be like the Australians? How can we imitate the Australians? And so when the Australians say they don't want to take part in something, the initial reaction is always, oh, well, we can't do it now. Yeah, We can't we can't do it if the Australians don't want to do it because, you know, as I said to you in my messages last night, we, we've stripped away so much of our culture and our identity in rugby league in this country to try and be like the Australians that – it's almost like we're, we're, we're striving to be some kind of junior partner and then they don't need a junior partner. They don't want a junior partner. We should do what we do best ourselves. And then if the Australians at some stage say they don't want to be a part of something that we're a part of, we should be able to stand on our own two feet. No doubt they're the best team. No doubt they're the favourites. No doubt they probably would have won it if they were in it. But to to have the, the default position that I think the rugby league organisers have is that Without the Australians, this can't go ahead. We can't make any money. We won't get crowds. There won't be any attention. It's a defeatist attitude to begin with, and it's a defeatist attitude that stems from year and year and year and year and years of defeatist attitude before it. And the Australians know this. And the Australians probably thought straight away, if we don't want to, we don't want to play in this. They won't go ahead with it because they need us. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to just fill people in on the uh, when you talk about culture and that sort of thing about being needed about. You you put a really um, good argument to me last night around with a football analogy. Do you want to just um, uh, do you want to just explain that one to us? Well, I I think I said to you I've I've got a good friend who I went to university with many years ago who's Greek and he he now lives in the south of England and he's a big football fan, massive football fan. And I I said to him once, you know, have you picked a Premier League team yet? You know, do you follow Brighton? And he said, no, not not really interested. I said, you you must be interested. It's better than. Greek football, surely. And he said, well, maybe. He said, but I'm Greek. Greek football culture is what I'm interested in. I don't really care if, you know, England or Germany or Spain is better. This is what we have. People go to the games. And I think I use the the example of like Dutch football, for example. You know, Dutch football doesn't worry about being more like the English league. It doesn't worry that some of its best players go and play in England. It doesn't worry about the differences between the two. It just does its own thing. And, you know, we need to start acting more like we are one league and the NRL is another league and we're just two competitions that play the same sport. We're not linked, you know. Just because there aren't that many competitions that play rugby league, we, we think that, you know, we, we need to be linked to the NRL. We need to do what the NRL does, you know, whether it be giving our teams nicknames, whether it moving into the summer so we aligned with our season, whether it's bringing in playoffs, whether it's effectively getting rid of draws because that's what the Australians do. You know, the, the language that we use when we're talking about rugby league, you know, when people say that, you know, certain players are going to go well as opposed to do well and all this kind of stuff, the Australianisms that have come into our game, all the coaches come over here now and say, you know, their ambition is to make the semis. It's like there's no such thing as semis. We have playoffs, which again is an Australianism. So loads of the culture that we had in the game has just disappeared. We've turned into Australian clones. And in loads of other things, there are football's a great example because there's loads of countries around the world that have leagues that cannot compete financially with the bigger leagues. And they don't try to. They just make the best of what they have. They know they're going to lose the players. They know they're not going to be as popular or as well-supported around the world. And they just get on with it. They act independently. And when they have to join up with the bigger countries in 
international competitions, they actually do quite well. You know, yeah. Holland have a Holland have a good football team. I mean, look at the look at the Euros. I mean, there's, there's lots of teams that did really well in the Euros who have smaller leagues who lose most of their best players, but they're backed passionately by the people in those countries and they do their own thing. We need to start doing that. We need to stop trying to be junior partners of the NRL. We need to just do our own thing. And when we meet the NRL clubs in the World Club Championship or we play international stuff, then we get together and we see how we've done. Yeah, no, it's a great, it, it's a great point. Uh, Callum, what's what's this about? Is this about is this about the NRL trying to take over the world, as, as Gray's just said, and um, do we, do we we keep our own culture and we keep? I mean, this. I mean, you know, we, we've sort of. I, I totally agree with him. But I just want to get back to the World Cup. Is this about the NRL trying to take charge of international calendars and international tournaments and things like that? Have a bigger say? Um, you would hope not, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. Um, I get the feeling that they're more bothered about things like origin than they are about international rugby league. Well, they don't make any money off this, do they? No, Um but I think, you know, viewing figures and attendances and things like that, uh, Origin is more appealing to them. So it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't about that. I'm 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 thinking is there un, you know, is there an underlying issue here with, with them? I've read things like that well the the T V rights are on channel seven, not channel nine, mm. where we're tied in with, with the NRL, yeah. that sort of thing. I don't know. I, don't, I, 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 don't I think, know, I think really. one of their points is that that Australia as a country aren't very well vaccinated. Um, their vaccination program hasn't been as good as ours or America's, and um, I think you know if they're having to do all the um, self isolation stuff, I think they feel like that is going to have a knock on effect for the twenty twenty two NRL season mm. because. Players and 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 uh, won't be back at their clubs until about three or four weeks before yeah. the season is due to start. So, um, I think if they didn't have to isolate, I think it might be a different story. Um, but I think they feel like it could affect them for for the next twelve months. So, and and yet, Gray, the um, the looks what the, what the plan and the contingency plans that the the rugby league world cup had put in for the uh, for the teams and. Which was looking like it was totaling in excess of a million pound, including charter flights and things. Um, looked pretty watertight, didn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I agree with what Callum said. I don't, th- I don't think this has got anything to do with COVID here. It's got to do with COVID there. I don't think, um, I don't think you can not turn up for a tournament in October and November after what's happened this summer in terms of crowds. What's happening with our vaccination program? what will be happening for two or three months previous when the new football season starts and they'll have decent crowds. This is down to the fact that Australia went for a zero COVID strategy and thought that it could just basically exist as an island without COVID getting in. Mm. And there's no antibodies there because hardly anyone's had a vaccine. So when 50 cases appear in Australia, they lock down entire cities and states Mm. because no one's got the antibodies to withstand it. Um, It's about them. It's not about us. Just just go back one question. I don't think the NRL is trying to um, take over the international calendar. I don't think they care. No. 
I, I don't I don't think they care. I, I think their ambition would be for international rugby league to basically barely even exist. You know, the kangaroos can play one or two tests a year against the New Zealanders. You can maybe have the odd, you know, series against Great Britain or England, you know, an Ashes series every four years. I don't think they're particularly bothered about what happens to international rugby league per se. Yeah. No, I, I, you, so, the Kangaroos have played less and less, haven't they, over the last two, they three years? They haven't played since um, November 2019. No. And is that when they lost to Tonga? Mm. But even before that, I don't think they were playing all that much. They've had no test series or anything, have they? So I think they just, it just feels like it's been a long time coming, but we've just not really seen it. Al Meninga's got a great job, I think. <laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> <laughs> and he, He's about Gold Coast. He's so. on about the Gold Coast. He's, yeah. a, he's on the telly more. He's on the telly more than the NRL more than he's doing kangaroo stuff. Yeah, he's in job. Just if that, and I get what we're saying, but if that's the case, why are the Wallabies coming over here then? Mm. Why? Why are uh, it's announced today or yesterday that the All Blacks are, are going playing in America? Mm. They've all gone to the Olympics as well. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, tennis players have lived in a bubble. Mm. different things yeah some 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 of the stuff doesn't add up does it no well, it kind of it, it kind of does if you think about it because in, in in rugby union the national team is more important than the state teams rugby union's a bit of a joke in australia in terms of below the national level they play as states only in super rugby the kiwis sorry the all blacks are more important than anything below them in um rugby union um the kangaroos are just not as important as club rugby league in the NRL it's not where the money is so there's probably a certain pressure on other sports to send their national teams abroad to do stuff that there's just there is just nowhere near as much pressure on mm. the rugby league teams to tour and do anything this, I mean this is I mean even in Australia this is really split like opinions hasn't it even with people with big, big voices I mean you know, part of our title last week was piped down Gus Gould. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but he's but even since we did that, he's refused to pipe down. He's come up with even more nonsense this week, hasn't he? Yeah, has not he? That you know, what was that? What was the one he said, Callum? That don't don't give me this. That Great Britain's the last bastion of international rugby league because they've been rubbish for years or something. Isn't it? Mm. At least we've tried. <laughs> yeah, at least we only lost the little World Cup final by six points last time out. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that much there wasn't that much difference. But then Andrew Voss today has said how important it is that it goes ahead and his stance in it is that it should be going. Yeah, everyone loves him, don't they? Bossy. But um no Phil Gould's a, a dinosaur in here. I think even his own people are starting to turn on him from, from the comments I've seen. But, yeah. yeah, he's just um he he's like he, for me, he's like the secret Head of the NRL, and he like he just sort of like they say what he wants them like to the say. Mouth, he's like the mouthpiece. Yeah, that's what he seems way, yeah. like. Yeah, he's like <laughs> Palpatine or something. Interesting though that that coaches as well, Gray, with um, uh, with British experience are all for the World Cup going ahead in, on a on a rugby league basis. Uh, Wayne Bennett was saying that he couldn't call anybody out if they wanted to go, and Trent Robinson's always. I love Trent Robinson. I I think he's great. He's always supportive of what we've done. But so he, even the, the the top coaches are not not say breaking ranks, Gray, but but they're keen. And I think I think it was seventy five percent of players that wanted to play. Yeah, the, the coaches are really important. The, the Australian coaches that have coached here, because unlike unlike a lot of the players who 
come over here kind of near the end of their career and probably aren't as invested. A lot of these coaches used Super League as their kind of their step up. So it was a really important time in their career when they came over here. So they'll probably have a lot better memories of it and a lot more of an emotional attachment to it. They'll 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 go back to Australia and they'll earn more money and the games will be better, but they'll think back to themselves and think, God, the crowds are better over there. There was a lot more emotion there. The local feel of the clubs and everything was better. And and, and they'll know, they'll know the financial pressures that clubs are under because they'll have coached clubs and they'll know what a knife edge the game exists in. And they'll know how important this is to rugby rugby league in England. Whereas a lot of the players won't give that much thought. So I think it's really important that some of the coaches that have coached here have said that because I think they'll know more about the financial consequences of not going ahead. Yeah. Um, and I suppose in a way it comes back to that full circle thing about like, you know, will it, will it be going ahead now? I'm, I'm still in two minds. I think we're going to get a decision this week, aren't we Callum at some point? Um, yeah, I believe so. There's, there's, there's talk. I've seen different things about um, the, the rugby league, the World Cup committee meeting and, and making decisions, and I've heard other things coming out from from other outlets about that it might not be too well. It's not too late for them to change their mind, and and like you said, the the, the player pressure and maybe media pressure and uh, coaches and things like that, all that pressure, they might end up cracking under it and actually sending them over. But, um, but this. There's there's two options, aren't there? There's there's one option whereby you put them under no pressure, and there's the other option where you put them under constant pressure. If you say it's not going ahead, there's no pressure on them. If you say it is going ahead, yeah, then there is constant pressure on them for the next two months to say, yeah, we're going to do it, yeah, we're going to do it. And if it and if they don't do it, we still go ahead with it. I, I think this, I, I think it would be silly to say it's not going to go ahead yeah. now. Once you've you, Loads of loads of tickets have been sold for it. People have planned. Hotels have been booked. You know, you've got you've got a majority of people who go to games won't be games involved in Australia, New Zealand. It'll be Tonga Samoa at Langtree Park. It'll be England versus Tonga at St James. Is there the they're the games that people will bought tickets for? So you've got to go ahead with it. And, and if you decide and say 100, percent this is going ahead, the pressure is then on them. It's not on us to. To change our minds, just go ahead with it and see what happens. Yeah, I know we've had a, a lot of investment from our government, haven't we? Something like twenty-five million that's been um, that's been invested, or, or the promise of a thing. It makes me wonder as well whether whether there might be political pressure from um, oh, yeah, the Australian definitely. Prime Minister from, from Scott Morrison. I wonder whether that's going to that's going to be an issue as well, because mm. there must yeah. there must be those discussions being taken at at that level, not just. Um, not just as not in just a sporting context. Mm. Yeah, you yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It, it say I think we just come at them from every angle, and let's say if they don't end up coming over, and I, I really like uh, Gray's football analogy and that about like, this is ours, absolutely. And, you know, we don't need to obey you, and we can do it without you, and we'll show you type of attitude, and mm. I think and, that's and what be- we need to do. And before you uh, and before you tell me that the show's ending, I, I, the point that I was kind of raising with you yesterday was you've got to look at the positives in this. And, and I, I think that, as I said before, we, we've been led round by the nose by the NRL and Australian Rugby League. Not necessarily them doing it, because I don't really think they care what we do. We've done it without them asking us. We've just thought we've got to be like the NRL. We've got to be like the NRL. And the NRL's probably not that bothered that we're doing it. Mm. I, I think... If you, you got to look at it positively. If, if it goes ahead and they don't take part and it's a success, 
can we get good crowds and England win it? You know, it may start to make people in the upper echelons of the Rugby Football League and Super League think to, them, think to themselves, we can actually do stuff that's pretty good without them. We yeah. can we can survive as an entity on our own. And, you know, our enemies will try and disparage any World Cup that Australia don't play in. The, the Rugby yeah. Union, for example, will disparage it and say, Australia aren't in it. But for the majority of people that aren't Rugby League fans who may turn on to BBC and watch England winning the World Cup, the fact that Australia aren't there is not going to mean as much to them. Yeah. It will still be massive for us if we can win a World Cup, even if Australia aren't in it. And I, I think it might be a real positive for us to actually say to ourselves, you know, we, we can do stuff without the Australians and it can be a success. Yeah. And also, the positives. Yeah, and also, and and it could even like pave the way then for an Ashes series or you know something mm-hmm. similar as well it, on it, on the back of it. You know, it could end up being you know really good for international rugby league in general, especially if like you know like Italy get the likes of like Tedesco playing for them and mm-hmm. Tom Trebovich plays for Serbia and you know I don't know if Serbia are going to be in it or what, but yeah. that, that type of thing. It, there's a lot of like Lebanese players and Cook Islanders and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might encourage growth elsewhere as well. And if if some of them teams well, do well, well, people keep talking about Samoa, don't they? And the and the um, the, the players they would have available, which yeah. would actually probably would probably make them really uh, one of the strong favourites finalists. Yeah, or, you know, semi finalists. Yeah. So. And, yeah. and if England, and if England win it, let's say England win the Rugby League World Cup, and your Phil Goulds and all that say, "Oh, you know, your Mickey Mouse World Champions, the Asterisks," Rugby Football League should just get on the phone and say, "Come on, prove us wrong, then exactly. three, three, three match series, get over here and show us if we're World Champions or not." Yeah. and that, that's how you that's how that's yeah. how you create a little bit of buzz in international rugby league. Yeah, this is the real quiz. And like yeah. I say, those who aren't into rugby league, if they turn <laughs> on the, yeah. <laughs> if they, you know, if if, if if those who aren't into rugby league turn on the telly and see that we've won the rugby league world cup, they go, "Oh, rugby league!" Like, "Oh, I might check that out. We're good at that." Yeah, like they're not going to know that. No, because as Gray said, a lot of the majority of the country won't understand. They'll just the know the power yeah. in, in those in those those nations. They'll just missing. know that we've yeah. we've won the rugby league world cup, and they might get into it off the back of that. Yeah. But, well, I, I was a bit downbeat, but like I've listened to you two now for the last half an hour or so, and I'm like quite. Mm. I've changed my mind a little bit. I think we should go ahead. Before that, I was thinking eh, maybe we should delay it, but now now I'm actually on the um, I'm on the I'm on the the play it bandwagon. I think now. Me and Gray, so the PRC, the positive reinforcement crew. Yeah, <laughs> we're, in, we're in with Jake Mamo and all that. <laughs> I agree. So, well, we've 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 come to the end of the show. Gray, any any final any any final thoughts from you? No, not nothing that I haven't already said. We should we should do it. We should put pressure on them to join it. And if they don't want to join it, go ahead and do it and show them what they're missing. And if they mimic us or say that it was a Mickey Mouse thing, it creates something for the future then to challenge them to, um, you know, prove us wrong. Yeah. Survive on our own and try and do our own thing. Stop trying to rely on being NRL light and Australia light. We can, we can, we can do this without them. Yeah. Callum? No, completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. You know, it should go ahead. Like I say, if they call us out, we'll just say we'll lose names on the trophy, mate. Yeah, so. and we'll, we'll we'll come and parade it before the match and everything. Yeah, we'll have an open top bus in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> if if we're saying if we're saying that we can't if we're saying that we can't do this without the Australians, we're basically admitting that rugby league in this country is dying. Yeah, yeah. and I don't want, I don't want to admit that yet, and I think we should try and prove that that's not the case. And I think that's a 
that's an absolutely fantastic point to end on. Yeah. So, uh, great. Once again, thank you for coming on and joining us. Um, absolute pleasure. You can always uh, always rely on you to be the voice of reason and positivity. Um, <laughs> to my just negative Ned, yeah. yeah. So, no, thank you very much, um, Callum. I think that I think that just about wraps us up, doesn't it? It certainly does. Uh, once again, thank you, great. But that is goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from me, and goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.